Hello, this is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com. Coming to you today from San Diego, California, our special guest today is Jana Masik, a CRP and GMST, Global Staffing and Mobility Manager, and an immigration expert with APR Energy in Florida. So let's say hello to Jana. Hello, Ed. I'm so excited to be here. Excited to have you and to learn more about you. I see from your LinkedIn that you also host a broadcast called Powering Unique You. Yes, that has uh, developed as a passion of mine. And I decided to go ahead and get that executed. It is in the trial mode and I'm learning a lot. So I would love for you to mentor me after our conversation and give me some tips on how to do better. This sounds like you're a natural, Jana. You don't need my help, but I'm happy to participate with you. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Maybe I will invite you to be my guest next time, and it will be on live video on LinkedIn. Oh, that would be cool. Okay, so your current role with APR Energy in Jacksonville, Florida, is Global Staffing and Mobility Manager. It says here that you serve the organization as a trusted advisor on immigration and employment compliance for the installation and operation phases of global power plant projects, and that you're the global HR business partner to over 10 power plants across nine countries in Asia Pacific and Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So this is really interesting to me. I had no idea that APR Energy was so big. Tell us more about that. Yes, the company is amazing, fast truck provider of the power that is needed anywhere in any country, in any community. And although we are headquartered here in Jacksonville, Florida, United States, we have had uh, power plants throughout the years over 30 in over 30 countries globally. And what I love about the company and what we do here at APR Energy is that we provide solutions to communities in need. And we come in and we provide a bridge power to communities that may have a disaster situation. And we come and we build a power plant within 30 to 45 business days. When the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, we were there in two weeks. We were operating two power plants, providing the power relief to the islands. So looking at the footprint of the company and also at the mission and what we do globally is, is a noble, noble feeling for me to be a part of such a great organization and making things happen quickly for those communities that need us in the difficult times. Jenna. What's the background of that name? The background is uh, my, my ancestors are Russian. So I'm half Russian, half Ukrainian, and I, I was born in the Soviet Union. And then, as, as you may know, it fell apart in 1991 and uh, generated a new country, Uzbekistan, where I grew up. And then I moved and lived in Russia for a year. And then I moved to the United States. So I've been in the United States for about 14 years, right? Great. So you obviously <laughs> like the relocation business. I uh, fell into it by accident, like many people do. 
<laughs> yeah, right, right. And so what were you doing before here? I'm scrolling you with Suddeth, I see. I'm, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Yeah, so, well, first I fell in love with the international business and doing business globally. That was back in my country. And then I transitioned into logistics. And when I moved to the United States, my background, logistics, my business, logistics for the international and global business development was really interesting for Sutter. So I've joined them and I've tapped into moving household goods and counseling many, many families around the globe. And that's the background. That's the background. So after that, I start looking into... How is it on the corporate side? And then, and then start, start researching that. And then when the opportunity came to join APR, that was a great transition for me. So I've been here for about four years now. Yeah, well, that's great. So to what extent is APR involved in renewables such as solar? I believe the business development is looking into that. Historically, we've operated a certain power generating gas turbines, certain technology that is state of art and can be utilized and can be used quite and installed quite quickly. There is a potential that the company may be looking into renewable energy as well in the future. Okay, that's great. I want to ask you a couple of questions about your work. And so in your talk show, though, do you talk about personal issues or is it business oriented or both? It is both. I believe that there is a sense where some of the people teach there is a work-life balance, where as if we come to work and we disconnect from our life and we do what we need to get done at work and then we come back and we actually live our life. That's not a part of my philosophy. I believe that we live life and we are who we are, whether we are at work or with our friends or at home with our families. And there needs to be a balanced approach to our life. And there needs to be a balanced self-awareness of where we put our energy in and how we distribute our energy in multi-layered facets of our life, including our work. So because of that belief, it is both. And if you are so successful at work, However, your personal life and your personal development suffers, it will show up at your performance at some point. But when you're balanced and you have a balanced approach to personal development and your professional growth, you will achieve quite amazing results in your life. That's what I believe. Okay, so let's now transition from tactical HR to strategic people and engagement as it relates to global mobility. You have a global background, and I assume you are coaching people to expand their global mindset or to develop it, right? Correct. Do you enjoy doing that? Yes. That's one of the core of my responsibilities that I love is coaching people and helping them to develop, helping them to grow and gain self-awareness about globalization. We are all in it together. And although we live in different countries and speak different languages that have a different cultural background, we're truly one. And we need to realize that we need to invite the perspective of others into our life and be open to receive the feedback. So are you helping the company APR Energy grow more global mindset or do they already have it? 
Yes. And this is with every project. When we go to a new country, we will need to develop a team that will come and install the power plants. And then my core responsibilities is to research on the immigration compliance, to research on the labor regulation requirements, as well as what is it going to be like working in that country. So we come with the advisory and I you know, would provide my research and my recommendation to, to the entire team. And then we can make decisions and suggestions that's based on that. So it is looking at how can we effectively and efficiently create the business, achieve the business outcomes and, and, and achieve the business results, but also taking into consideration doing business in that country, taking into consideration the cultural differences that may affect the performance of that team on the ground. Talk to me about branding, personal branding for professionals and having a digital presence. Yes, this is one of my passions that I started looking in. And personal branding evolved, I believe, with us coming into social media from our reputation. So previously, when you look at what your reputation is professional and personally, and how can you build upon that reputation and extend your network and extend your opportunities and those opportunities for those you're connected with. And nowadays in the social media, I believe a lot of people, they do have presence in some social channels and LinkedIn, one of the platforms that we use for professional connections. I have observed that not too many people standing up and contributing and not too many people are engaged with the community. And the more we create that engagement, the more we create this personal presence or personal reputation on platforms like LinkedIn, then we can share our knowledge, we can share our wisdom, and we can learn from others and also benefit from collaboration and network opportunities that come out of that. And so as the digital era develops further, how are your transferees involved in communicating using tech? Is it all online learning, online constant communication, texting? How do you communicate with your transferees? Yes, absolutely. It is a great consideration, and I believe a lot of companies are looking into improving the communication. When you consider a global company like ours, where we have workers, whether it be employees, contractors, or third-party contractors all over the globe, the, the primary communication is teams and then we would have, you know, phone calls and we would have a standard uh, Microsoft Teams communication. And we're looking in improving that communication, improving our systems so we can deliver the experience and deliver the communication to all of our workers globally in timely and efficient manner. So I want to do a little bit of a deep dive with you on continuous learning. We both agree that it's important for people to invest in their personal development. But what about self-awareness, increasing self-awareness? What does that mean to you? That's a good question. Self-awareness is a key to developing yourself. And it is coming and touching both on your personal and professional layers. It is the foundation for your leadership development. The more self-aware you are, 
the more open you will be to be curious and to receive the views and perspectives of other people. The more you're self-aware and in tune with what is going on within you, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, and recognizing what state you are, then you can also be in tune with where other people are. Uh, something that was very beneficial for me to learn is how brain functions. And we have three stages of our brain that falls into fight or flight, which is a red zone in our brain, a particular side of brain, and an emotional brain, which corresponds to our emotions and belongings. And then a frontal lobe, which corresponds to our best abilities of making decisions and finding solutions to problems. So self-awareness is recognizing where are you in our brain. And the red zone, the reptilian brain is asking, am I safe? And when you say, yes, you are safe, then you are, have to check in. Are you, your emotional brain is asking, are you, are you connected? Are you respected? Are you heard? When you say yes to that, then you can progress into your best logical brain zone. And self-awareness is falling to that. You recognize where you are. If you're in the red zone and you're surviving and you're not feeling safe, you're not going to bring solutions to problems. You're not going to bring the perspective to problems. And if you meet with someone that you are in the best part of your brain, in your logical brain, and you're all ready to resolve the issue, but the person you're talking to is in the red zone and he's or she's not sure about whether they're safe or not, or whether they're heard or understood or not, they, you're not going to be able to communicate with them effectively. So self-awareness is a multi-layer. And the more you gain self-awareness, the more you have tools in your professional and personal toolbox to resolve and build connections and build leadership and support others and coach others that can lead to wonderful outcomes. If I may do a little bit deeper dive here, global skills, I see in some of your writings here, intrinsic, extrinsic, and strategic. So why don't you define briefly global skills, intrinsic, extrinsic, and strategic? What's that about? Those are skills that have been defined by Dr. Hartman, who has produced the, a lot of research on how people are making decisions. And the, the background of it is a study of axiology. Uh, he's, uh, based on his work, there's been a tool developed that is called Judgment Index that can assess your skill set in areas that are not too many tools. I, I have not really seen other tools being able to assess that. And uh, strategic skills is how you see world and how do you perceive world from the strategic, a wholesome view. That is really important skills for people in the leadership positions, in the executive positions, those who are looking at the complex things and they need to find a pathway and they need to find a strategy or a direction for the company or the team to execute. The intrinsic skills is, is related to people. It is a very important skill set will help you to understand people better, to relate to people, to be able to work with people effectively. And the extrinsic skill set is related to your tactical um, capabilities. So that is based on how do you plan? How do you perform the task? How do you follow through the task? How can you get the process organized? And each one of us can be can be falling into different spectrum of where we are on those global skills, and they can be measured. 
That was very interesting to find that and to apply that in your professional growth. When I found about this tool and I took assessment myself and I'm certified in this tool right now, that is really giving you a lot of insights on where you may be and where you can um, need, where you may need to focus your development on. So if you are great at personal skills, at, at the people skills, and you're great at tactical skills, but you lack strategy, you're going to be working about people. You're going to be doing processes, but you're not going to be taking time to consider a bigger picture in life. And there's a lot of variations, but this tool really gives you a good assessment and opportunity to grow and develop your skills that will complement you in your career and your life. So I see that you, and I understand clearly that you have a high energy level and a keen self-awareness, and you bring that to your work as well. So does this help you with stress? Well, thank you. Thank you. And stress is a very interesting that we all meet in life. And there are different stress levels. And also what I've learned is that the stress can be out outside of us. The stressors are the things that we cannot control. And there is a stress can be self-imposed or that anxiety that can come from within. So we can be very good and typically a lot of professionals are very good at managing the stress at work and figuring out how to resolve the things at work and figuring out how to solve professional issues and problems. We usually are very much attentive to that. However, when it comes to the self-imposed stress and the, some of the things that are you know, really bothering us from within, a lot of us tend to brush it under the carpet, so to speak, and we are not fully engaging in self-discovery and dealing with some of the things that we may be dealing with. And that does not serve us very well. It will not serve you to be stressed internally and be self-negative and have been self-destructive. That would diminish your potential. That will diminish your opportunity for growth. That will diminish your opportunity for success. So it is important to identify the stressors in your life. And it is also important to self-reflect on what are those stress stressors that you have really coming from within and maybe start working a little bit of a deep personal development, working on a deep personal development that will help you to eliminate those negative thoughts and stressors inwardly. When people go on assignment, there's a lot of stress involved and that definitely impacts wellness. People have to get comfortable in a new bed or new environment, the stress of work, maybe family stress as well. Are you intervening in that or are you just offering it from the sidelines? We are looking into that and then definitely looking into some support systems. The company does have some structures when, when the, the people are deployed and they need to build a power plant within several weeks and get to operation in another country. It is very stressful. And then the company is looking at how can we maybe provide some extra time or provide some extra support for those that have been under those stressful conditions due to work requirements and the business requirements. So definitely that needs to be a holistic approach as employer. The company needs to look at how to provide the support that would be ad adequate for the people in transition, for people that travel globally and also on assignments. And as well, the personal side of it, that employees need to realize that they need to 
identify that they are stressed. They need to speak about that. They need to discuss that with the managers and not being, don't, don't feel that they need to keep it all to themselves. So when those two meet together, that would be the ultimate positive outcome for both employee productivities and for company to achieve the desired goals in business. To what extent do you get involved in talent recruitment? Global talent recruitment, specifically for projects that I lead, are fully my responsibility. We do have a global talent pool that we are constantly reviewing. And there have been a lot of projects where we would come in because we are temporary power providers. We would come into the country and we would operate for six months, 12 months, maybe two years, three years, and then we would redeploy and go to another country. So there has been a lot of talent globally that worked for us in one or the other capacity that has been trained for us and know how the company operates. And we certainly look at that talent to see whether we can re-engage them and redeploy them to another country. A great example is we had a power plant in Guatemala where we had one type of technology where then we were able to deploy those workers from Guatemala to support an installation of the power plant in Dominican Republic and then trade them on another type of technology. And now we have redeployed that talent to Equatorial Guinea where they are working in operations on another type of technology. So that type, uh, that type of rotational of the global talent that is available to us is a first step that we're looking into. And then the second step is definitely looking at the talent available that has a skill set and the technology experience that we that we need for the execution of the operation, as well as the local available talent pool in that particular country where we work. What do you think about all the changes going on in the global mobility industry these days? It is very interesting era that we are living in, right? Yeah, uh, yes, it's it's a very and very curious to observe. I think the technology is evolving so fast. The employee expectation as well as the consumer expectations are evolving so fast, and we really need to stay attuned and watch for the trends that are happening in a technical industry, in a technology industry, as well as globalization. There's more and more people that want to be more flexible. They want to work from different locations. They want to you know, be flexible in how to travel. And they want to be more, more responsible for what they do. So there's a lot of layers that will touch global mobility in the future. If you look at the startups, the smaller companies that they go and want to do global business as a startup and a smaller company, they may not have the global mobility right in in the view that they need to you know consider that they may not have the talent in house for that. So there will be a need in the industry for that type of a consulting services. Maybe perhaps some of the standalone independent consultants will will take that responsibility on, or maybe our relocation management companies will segue into that need. It will be very interesting to see what the next three to five to 10 years are going to bring into horizon. And uh, it is exciting to be a part of that and, and make an impact in the industry as well. Lastly, as we come to a close here, this is so fascinating and go on and on. 
But I'm looking at your LinkedIn. It says that you're a global HR business partner to over 10 power plants across nine countries in Asia Pacific and EMEA. What does global HR business partner mean to you? We have different power projects in different countries and may not necessarily establish a full entity with a full HR representation in those countries. So there, there are different aspects of it when we operate in a country or we have employees in a particular country. We may not have necessarily an HR person in that country. So any kind of related matters to people engagement and to human resources needs for those projects, as well as being in touch with the management of the project and discussing what their ongoing needs are, reviewing how the things are going on with the visa immigration, making sure the contracts for people staying up to date, and ensuring that we are in compliance, ensuring that there is no risk factors for the company, as well as for the workers that are working for us in those locations. So those are some of the tangible, I would say, responsibilities and tangible resources that we do provide to our global plants and, and operations in different countries. Jana Masik, thank you very much for being our guest today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com a service of Global HR News. And I look forward to meeting you in person somewhere someday. And once again, thanks for being our guest. It is my pleasure, Ed. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to meeting you in person as well. I learned a lot from you today, and I know our audience will also. Take care now and goodbye. Absolutely. Goodbye. Thank you. This is Ed Cohen signing off from San Diego, and that was Jana Masik in Jacksonville, Florida. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes, I think to myself What a wonderful world